I do have friendships on the other end of the spectrum that are just like very much like in that really like cursed flywheel of just like catching up. Like I mentioned the two hour thing. And I can just feel that those types of friendships are totally at risk two years from now, five years yeah. from now from just going away because mm-hmm. um, those types of friendships, someone has to be intentional. Yeah. If one person isn't intentional about like, oh, let's make it happen or oh, let's put it on the schedule or even reaching out in the first place, like those types of friendships where it's just recursively just like let's catch up with each other and talk for X amount of hours, like it's going to die. Ever heard of a podcast where one of the hosts has no idea what's going on? Well, now you have. Welcome to Unprompted, the show where one of the hosts shows up completely unaware of the conversation topic for the episode. From technology to society to history, life, and more, each episode features a unique topic and the hosts unravel the details together using nothing but their background knowledge and past experiences. Hosted by Luke Bogus and Jared Arts, we hope you enjoy today's Unprompted Conversation. Okay. Hello, Luke. Mr. Jared, this is going to be, first, a very unprompted episode, and second, perhaps a very therapeutic episode. I haven't really thought past the opening quote, so I don't really know what's going to happen, but I think that's just, as you said right before we clicked record, that's the beauty of this show. Well, yeah, sometimes it's better when no one knows what's going on, uh, because that's going to lead us in the most interesting directions, but I have a feeling that this is going to be a, a journey. It, it, experience. Two guys having a journey. <laughs> and, and I think it's a very timely conversation because, um, as we've mentioned before on the show, we are both current seniors at the University of Nebraska. And so um, we are staring down the barrel of graduating this weekend. And so, like I said, I think this conversation might be somewhat therapeutic because it's conversations that I've been having a lot of, personally recently with myself. Um, so I'll be, I, I'm excited to think out loud a little bit because it's all been up in the head. And so I'm excited to just throw it out there and hear Jared's thoughts. Well, I think that I'm getting an idea of what you are discussing. So I think you might as well go ahead and uh, let us know. Okay. Well, we'll just jump into it. I will tell you a little bit about the source of where uh, this came from. I, I subscribed to this awesome newsletter, um, which if you haven't heard of it, you should subscribe. And then same to you listeners. But um, so Atomic Habits by James Clear, very good book about just like habits and building systems to be better people, whatever. Um, he also does this newsletter released on Tuesdays and Thursdays called like 321. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's like three thoughts from him, two thoughts from others, and then like one idea to leave you with throughout your day. Mm-hmm. And very, like, just knowledge bombs, like, very, just, like, quick hit quotes about, like, life and about, like, every single time I read it, it always makes me rethink. And there was this quote on a recent one, like, two weeks ago um, by a poet named David White. It's from this book in, like, 2015 about, like, friends and life and stuff. And anyway, it's so it's on friendship is kind of what the prompt is here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read this quote, and I just, like, I'm going to read it, stay silent, and I want to hear your reaction, essentially. So here's the quote. It's on friendship. The dynamics of friendship is always... Wow, I screwed that up. I'm going to start again. (laughs) The dynamic of friendship is almost always underestimated as a constant force in human life. A diminishing circle of friends is often the first terrible diagnosis of life in deep trouble, of overwork, of too much emphasis on professional identities, of forgetting who will be there when our armored personalities run into the inevitable natural disasters and vulnerabilities found in even the most average existence. What are your thoughts on the quote specifically around that dynamic friendships are always, are almost always underestimated 
and that diminishing circle of friends is the first terrible diagnosis of a life in deep trouble. That's deep. <laughs> but I think, you know, immediately, like, like Luke mentioned, we are graduating in, at the moment, like four days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this hits hard mainly because up until this point in our lives, we never really had to worry about friends. I think, and I say that because we were in school all the mm-hmm. time. You were with classmates. You formed friendships uh, just because you were with those people all the time, and it was like easy to make friends, or at least you know, it's not necessarily easy for everyone to make friends. But I think you and I both had a lot of friends throughout school, and now we're entering a point in our lives where that's not going to be the case. Where your friends a lot of times will be your work colleagues. And sometimes it's hard to differentiate between a true friend and a work colleague in the same way that maybe it is in, in school. Um, and you also just, like the quote said, you, I think friend circles begin to diminish severely once you enter professional life. So I think that it brings, it, it, it shows how important it is to maintain friends that you've developed or that you've, friendships you've built up because it's easy to lose them and once you start losing your friends it's easy like the quote says to fall into trouble and I just I I just keep coming back around to the fact that like we're we're entering into this phase of our lives where our friends aren't served to us on a platter in the Mm -hmm. same way that they might be in college and so or high school for that matter and so it's there needs to be a lot more intentionality about forming or maintaining friendships. You're totally right. They're like, sure, maybe it's not served to us on a silver platter, but I feel like all of the themes that we've experienced around, like we've spent a majority of our lives around these people, either from eight, eight to three in high school or, you know, eight to eight, literally 24-7 living in a dorm in college. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're going to feel, like it's going to, like I guess work is going to rhyme to that. It's going to be like, it's going to feel like we're being served friends on a platter because we're working with the same people every day. But like, like you alluded to, it's not necessarily healthy or good or even mandatory that like you become very good friends with who you're working with. Mostly because, you know, j- leaving jobs or like, you know, you don't want to like, there's a, yeah, there's like an interesting quote about like, you don't want to like shit where you eat, right? So it's like the <laughs> same thing. Like, I mean, yes, you want to make friends, like build rapport with the people, but it's also like you want to be careful about like probably your like best, best, best friends is not who you necessarily work with. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's like, I feel like it'll feel as if we're being served a platter of friends, but it's like, yeah, for the first time, it's like we need to meet friends outside of work, outside of the thing that we do most of our days. Because, like, usually what we do most of our days equals where we get our friendships, like you said. But now it's like we need to get friendships outside of what we're doing, but also maintain the friendships we had from college, which Mm -hmm. is, like, a whole nother nasty thing. Because the transition from high school to college, like, everyone thought they were like, oh, we're going to keep together and we're going to stay strong. (laughs) I talked to maybe four people. Yeah, five people same. from high school and it's like that scares me if that's how it is here and now granted there's a lot of changes and we're more mature blah 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 but it's like yeah I feel like a, a diminishing circle of friends could be eminent if we're not intentional about you know building systems which is like the premise of what James Clear's work is building systems around building habits to mm-hmm. you know stay in touch with people to build connection with people but yeah I, I don't even know how like t- to word it I guess like how, how do you think about like maintaining friendships post-grad? I mean, ha- like, have you thought about, like, you know, when you're not in a situation where you live with them, when you're down the hall from them, where you work with them, whatever, have you thought about how you're, like, 
that you plan? You hope it's organic. Do you have a system? Do you like keep a log? Like, I, like, I don't know, like literally. I, I yeah. Know. I mean, in all honesty, it's like, you know, it's like, it's pretty scary. Like from my point of view, because, you know, I have thought about this, but I haven't built any systems yet to like, I guess we've, I built one system. This podcast is actually a system <laughs> that's like, it's a great point. Know, it's a great, it's like, it's a, in reality, it's like, oh, it's a fun way to, you know, get something out of the internet. But like, you know, and we say we have billions of listeners. <laughs> in, in many ways, that's true. <laughs> but in the last, you know, 30 days, we've had 28 plays. So, which isn't bad. That's, which that's isn't bad. growth. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, everyone, if you're listening. But like in reality, I, you know, I'm, at least for me, this podcast is about continuing to talk to Luke mm-hmm. and talk about cool things and just maintain those conversations. So like that's really the only major system I've kind of built that hopefully gets maintained. And that's kind of one of those things where it's like, it has to be worked on. Like, and maybe it doesn't necessarily have to be a podcast, but you know, you have to do weekly, bi-weekly, you have to put it in your calendar. Cause if you, if you don't, if you're not, like we, like you said, very intentional about it, then it's so easy to slip away. And I think that's the, one of the mistakes that's made like with high school friends is you know, a lot of, very few of my high school friends went to the same college and I just never put systems in place to maintain contact. It's just like, oh, you know, I always talk to them every day. So I assume I'll talk to them all frequently. And it's just like, that's not how it works mm-hmm. because you're not with them every day. And you you're know, not forced you, to talk to them. You're not forced day. to talk to them. And you also like, there's, you're not constantly having to do things. You know, I don't need to ask them, Hey, what's, uh, what time's the basketball game? And then we also talk about this other thing. It's just, you know, you, you just kind of fade, it just fades away and you don't even realize it's happening. You know, you just, one day you, you look at it and you say, I haven't really talked to my best friend from high school in like four months. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, just very crazy. And so I think that, yeah, I mean, like this is, like I mentioned, this podcast one of, is one of the systems that I'm trying to build and I hope to build a few more, but it's just like everything has run up so fast mm-hmm. to the end of college. And it's kind of like getting to this point where sometimes, you know, I lay in bed at night and I'm like, shit. You know, some of my best, like my roommate, probably probably my best friend that I've had in college for this, like the three, four years I've known him. And just like, well, you know, he's going to be halfway across the country. How are we going to maintain touch? Because, mm-hmm. you know, for the past three years, we've lived in the same room every day. We yeah. wake up, we go out and we talk for like 10 hours and just joke around. But that's not possible. And so that's really tough when, especially in college, it's easy or in high school, it's easy to go the, go the summer because you know it's going to come back. And then there's just this, oh, so you might not talk them out. We'll be back together next fall. And that just doesn't happen after graduation. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of random stuff. But, yeah. like, what do you think about, like, what systems you've maybe put in place with various people? Or Well, to answer the first, like, part of what you kind of just finished saying about just, like, how it's just, like, it's happened. Like, it's just, like, rushed up. And, like, here we are. We have a week left. I... Throughout my entire life, I've been a very much a closure type person. I I am, I've always felt, up until this year really, I've always felt that like, I just need like a formal like goodbye, shake your hand, walk away type thing. Like mm-hmm. with projects I've done, with classes I've done, that's how classes work, that's how school works. You know, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't go back to the same teachers from next year in like middle school and high school. And so just like, we've been in a system of closure forever. And like kind of the same way with high school, right? It was like, I still recall like my high school graduation, like hanging out like in the high school cafeteria, like saying bye to people very well knowing that like 
this is gonna be the last time I ever shake this dude's hand. Like I just know for a fact you're mm. going to like college in like South Dakota. The odds I ever run into you again are just very next to nothing. And so like for me, closure's been one way I've coped with like transitions in life. Mm-hmm. But for the first time ever, I just don't like closure could be and probably like it closure could be unhealthy, right? Yeah. Like now. It's like I don't want to have closure with you. Yeah. Right? Like I don't want to formally shake your hand and say, all right, I'll see you maybe. <laughs> right? That yeah. sucks. And so mm-hmm. it's like that's also been really tough to handle. It's just like how do we like for me personally, I've always felt like closure has really helped me just like deal with transitions and deal with hard times of just mm-hmm. like saying goodbye and like moving on. But like I don't want closure with some of the best friends. I don't want closure with, you know, mm-hmm. everything. So I think like it's also been very interesting to just like how do we like say goodbye so that it feels like more natural but also like purposely, yeah, again, build systems that like we're going to hang out and do stuff. But also like we don't want to be too rigid and regimented because then it feels like not natural. And then like yeah. we don't become friends. Like we don't continue to be friends. So it's yeah. like that's been I- – I've just really struggled with like do I keep a like mental list of like people I know I want to keep in contact with? Do I like try to set up like, you know, monthly calls with people? Mm-hmm. Like or does it happen naturally? So I – I don't know. I haven't even really, like, thought that far. It's just, like, I know I there are people, obviously, I want to keep in touch with. But, like, candidly, it's, like, if I don't keep track of, like, those X number of people that I want to talk to, like, there's a good chance that, like, you said, it could be four months and be, like, whoa, I haven't talked to that person yeah. in forever. And either, A, we talk and it's awkward because it's been too long, or, B, we pick up where we left off because we were good friends or whatever. Yeah. So, it's just hard to balance, like. And you never know what which one it's going to be because you might not talk to someone in four months and they change significantly. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, or maybe it's, you know, hell, we're going into adult life. It could be three years. Yeah. Like, like time move, get, starts to move a lot faster, you know, just because it's a smaller portion of our lives, you know. And I think that, yeah, it, it is this challenge where, you know, we've we found out in this podcast, it's hard to maintain rigid structures. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially, you know, and there's reasons for that, that it's the end of school and there's so much going on, but like, if we make, oh, every week we're going to do this, this time. And that's that's a good thing. But then that also turns it into, like, a task and yeah. not a, like, a friendly thing to do. And that's, that's, like, one of the biggest problems is, like, how do you make it more than just a every week we do this? Because then it becomes a chore. And then since it's a chore, it's, it becomes less enjoyable. And then, you, then it's, you're, you risk losing that friendship. And so I've thought about, like, you know, what do you do? Because we... I think in our program, you know, we live in a in a dorm with all of our friends and we all go to class in this dorm. And so it's a really tight-knit community of about 100 people. And we never really form digital relationships. True. We have almost solely, and the pandemic has kind of shifted that in some ways. But for the most part, all of my relationships with my college friends and high school friends, for that matter, are purely in the real world. And so now that we're all moving halfway across the country, it's like, how do we shift that to a digital digital space? Because it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think about things like with uh, my roommate and another friend of mine, we always play a video game together, Age of Empires. Highly recommend it. Join the community. <laughs> but uh, we play in person. We sit in the same room and we play and we talk while we play. And we've played digitally, but it's not the same. Like, it doesn't have the same yeah. oomph. And so how it, it's just like, I think we are going to try at least to start playing that digitally over the summer and uh, into the, the years as a way to kind of stay connected and talk. But it's just tough to know how well that's going to work because it's almost like it's just a complete digital friendship's different than an in-person friendship. Mm-hmm. And so 
that's just an interesting shift of how, how do you shift those friendships into a digital space to not lose touch? Um, and that's an answer I, I don't quite have yet. <laughs> yeah, and then with that too, it's like since our friendships are all based in the real world, it's like the the, the further interactions we have with those people are just like, the, the if you look back at the text, at least for me, um, it's most like, okay, so it's actually an interesting case study. It's like, my friends from two years ago versus my friends from last year. So two years ago, I think life was normal. Last year, like, their college career got ended short because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. If I look at my texts from my friends from two years ago, the entire thread is all about, like, hey, we should catch up sometime. Like, we should set up a call. Okay, when? And then, like, it's just coordinating calls. We, we FaceTime for, like, two hours. It's great. Mm-hmm. But then we wait for four months, and it's like, oh, my gosh, like, it's been so long. And that literally is what the text thread is versus mm-hmm. my friends from last year that, yeah, again, their college career got cut short. Life went to crazy, and, like, we were forced digital look back at the text and it's very like much stream of conscious like just chatting about random things screenshots Mm -hmm. like funny jokes like whatever right it's more like continual because we were like forced to like i'm still friends with you and i didn't get that closure like i was mentioning earlier so it's Mm -hmm. like what i what we usually banter about and talk about in person like i guess i'll just continue it digitally Mm -hmm. versus two years ago it was like a formal like hug goodbye graduation it's like okay please keep in touch and like because of that sense of closure it's like we catch up but then yeah it's like every three four months it's like oh my gosh it's been so long we mm-hmm. facetime that's it so like there is it's digital technically but it's like still real world because it's like mm-hmm. we facetime and we don't know how to like talk like i don't know we don't have like constant text communications or whatever yeah. and um i feel like the type of friendships that are go five months catch up via facetime for like three hours and then rinse and repeat are the ones that are more susceptible to like jumping off because it's like you either a forget or b it's like I don't really have two hours to give like I don't yeah. want to talk for two hours so it's like more like the more like low friction like random text screenshots jokes like mm-hmm. thirty minute phone calls versus like the two hour like bricks every like six months yeah um, I feel like I've seen a big difference like the quality of friendships between those two yeah and that I mean that brings up a good point of like I think like the importance of for us at least, probably like setting up some sort of Discord mm-hmm. or Slack where we can have, you know, because Luke and I are part of, we have, we have different friend groups and similar overlapping friend groups, mm-hmm. but like kind of have a decent number of people that we all are friends with or, um, you know, have associations with in different ways that can all chat in different channels or threads and um, but we're all still kind of together. You know, there's still like that main thread and see if we could maintain that kind of activity because, yeah, I agree that I think that you do kind of have friends that you talk with mainly over tech or you're able to transfer those conversations over e- more easily, you know, with stupid memes and stuff like that that mm-hmm. you would typically show in person. And I think that that is a, is a good blueprint, you know, along with calls and stuff because, yeah, otherwise you, you do get stuck. And maybe not even catching up every three months, which is like yeah. not catching up. It's like no one thinks about it, like you said. And that, I don't know, it's just, it's a scary point. Um, and it reminds me of a, something my dad told me when I was graduating high school. Is he said, um, in relation to kind of losing friends, he said, you haven't met your best friend yet. Mm. When I graduated high school or when I was going to. And I kind of didn't believe him at the time. I mean, I definitely believe him now, but I'd like to talk to him again about that and ask him, you know, you know, do you think I have now, you know, do you meet your best friend in college? And I think some people do, but there's a chance maybe we haven't met our best friend yet. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people maybe don't, or they, you know, because college is different than real life. You know, we're, 
we're 22 years old. We, we might have 80 years left to live if, mm-hmm. we're, if we're, we have good genes. <laughs> so I think that, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a question of like, do you think, I, here's a, po- a question to you. Do you think you've met your best friend? I, part of me thinks, well, man, that's a great question. My gut says yes. I, hmm. It's funny. I, I guess when, when I was just thinking about, when, when, you were, when you were kind of like pointing, when you were bringing up your question about the whole like, yeah, you haven't met your best friend thing yet. And then you said earlier that your best friend in college was Nick. Well, your roommate. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys were randomly assigned roommates, right? You no. didn't know each other. So <laughs> we weren't roommates freshman year. Oh, I, didn't I was know that. roommates with Sully. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's, well, no one here knows no, the, okay, the names okay. we're talking about. But because I was going to say, the comment I was going to make was like, well, it's funny because like, you found your best friend, but again, the system assigned you to that best yeah. friend. It's like the same thing in high school. It's like my best friends in high school, my three best friends were all in the drum line. I was a huge band kid in high mm-hmm. school. And so, like, I mean, I was with them literally in all my classes at 6.30 a.m. rehearsals, at 6 p.m. rehearsals, like mm-hmm. like time when the system put me together to think that time with them equals, and same interests, yeah, time plus same interests equals best friend. And yeah. so it's like, I would say like my couple best friends that I found here in school just so happens that they're the people I spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. We have the same interests and very similar like wavelengths of values. Yeah. So that equals me thinking that they're my best friends, which granted, I mean, that is like the equation for best friends in yeah. general, right? But it's like, yeah, when you minimize the time, does it does it maintain? Yeah, yeah, and that's the big question. Because I mean, I think that at at this moment, you know, I mentioned Nick is probably my best friend in college. I don't, I have a hard time seeing that changing. Mm. But a lot of our friendship is based around, you know, being together, sitting there, making jokes, just you know, kind of essentially dicking around mm-hmm. um, for hours a day, and. So, and during the summers and whatnot, when we maybe haven't been together because we've been working in different places in the country, you know, we've still maintained a friendship, but it's a question of whether that was maintained a friendship because it's easy to maintain that friendship over space and time or whether we just knew that we'd be back. Yeah. And so that... I seem to maintain this for three months because we'll be back to normal. Yeah, it's just like it's, it's okay if we don't talk for, for a while because, I mean, we'll be back together and then that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And so... That's just like a, a, a big question, a big unknown of like, it's hard to imagine that I, you haven't. And even knowing that in high school, I, I thought mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't, like I already had found my best friend, you know, even knowing that I was wrong in the past, it's hard to imagine me being wrong now. Yeah. And it's, it's just impossible to know, I guess. Cause I, I know that, you know, my, my dad had a lot of good friends in college, but in the end, you know, he didn't. He kept up with some of them, but not all of them. And mm-hmm. so it's it's just a question of, you know, 40 years in the future. And 40 years is double our lifespan right now. Will we still be friends with the people that we spent, in all reality, just four years with? Yeah, that's uh, so true. So, like, I feel like in a lot of ways, like, I would hope that I can, you know, maintain all these friendships over the next 40, 50, 60 years. But I really think that in some ways it'd be necessary for those friends or me to get in the same place, to, mm. to, to reconnect um, in, like, the physical world again, to, you know, just to hang out. Not, not saying you can't maintain a digital friendship forever, but, I mean, 
once you start having kids and stuff like that, it just becomes so much harder to, yeah. I think, maintain that digital communication mm-hmm. over time. Uh, whereas if you're living next to each, you're living in the same neighborhood, maybe Saturdays you go and you do a barbecue and your family's there and you, you kind of, I think that when you grow up, you get to a point where your friends have to be your family's friends if they're going to stay your friends. Yep. It's hard to have just personal friends once you start having kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's an important thing of like, sure, I think a lot of, in this conversation, I think we're kind of talking about five years. Yeah. Will these people be friends in five years? 20 years is a different question, I think. That's like a completely, you know, <laughs> just completely other other ballpark of like, and I do think that 20 years if, you know, maybe, maybe we're still, I mean, maybe we'll still be doing unprompted, but I mean, 20 <laughs> years from now, like 20 years ago, the podcast like weren't a thing. The iPhone wasn't a thing. Yeah. And so 20 years from now, I, I would say, like, if, if, you know, if you don't come back to Nebraska or I don't move out to wherever you are, like, mm-hmm. it would be, it'd be hard to see the same level of friendship we have now, if yep. that makes sense. Yep. No, that, that's so true. And, like, even trying to, like, it's interesting. So I mentioned that, like, whole, like, you know, time plus values thing. It's like, so probably my best friend from college, uh, his name is Matthew. Um, mm-hmm. And he and I, so he graduated last year. And very similarly, it's like, like I mentioned earlier, just like the world went to shit. We immediately had to go to digital communications. Mm -hmm. And so he moved out to DC to start a job. And like, honestly, I don't know if it was because like the way that it quote ended because it was just so abrupt that we left or whatever. But like, yeah, I mean, we talk every you know week or two and it's like about random shit. Like we just Mm -hmm. like, again, like I mentioned, screenshots and memes, whatever. We FaceTime 45 minutes to an hour, just catch up. Mm -hmm. We we, like shoot the shit, do talk about like kind of the same things over and over. But again, like generally it's like a normal conversation. It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like it's a catch up session. Yeah. Which I feel like is super imperative because the, I do have friendships on the other end of the spectrum that are just like very much like in that really like cursed flywheel of just like catching up, like I mentioned, the two-hour thing. And I can just feel that those types of friendships are totally at risk two years from now, five years yeah. from now, from just going away. Because mm-hmm. um, those types of friendships, someone has to be intentional. Yeah. If one person isn't intentional about, like, oh, let's make it happen, or, oh, let's put it on the schedule, or even reaching out in the first place, like, those types of friendships where it's just recursively just, like, let's catch up with each other and talk mm-hmm. for X amount of hours, like, it's going to die. But mm-hmm. the friendships that's, like, you can find a way to constantly have communications or build systems where like yeah. you're forced to every couple weeks talk. So it's not a constant session of catching up and like talking about life and talking about the family and the girlfriend and the whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because those are the ones that are exhausting and like you can't have 15 of those every couple months. Right. Yeah. So, so interesting question jumping off of that is when do you think you kill it? Mm. When do you, stop those exhausting cycles, uh, cyclic friendships to focus on new friendships. Because like you mentioned, you can't have 15 of them. Mm-hmm. You can't spend all your time every month talking with, you know, college friends from 10 years ago um, because you're, 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 it's an opportunity cost of making new friends, whether that be at work or in the city you're at. Um, and kind of, you know, you can still you know, know those people and maybe every so often you talk to them if, if the situation needs it or if it, you want to, but, uh, do you think there's a, any indication that you would have that you would say, yeah, I just need to kill this friendship. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe kill is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Just stop, stop that cyclic, exhausting cycle. Fortunately, I know what you mean. Well, fortunately or unfortunately, I know what you mean. <laughs> because 
my my biggest indicator that I've even felt with just like people that I met freshman year or people from early high school or whatever is again for me it's like when I feel like we we have the same seven areas of conversation mm-hmm. and we just regurgitate it and we reminisce on the same memories mm-hmm. and that's kind of where it ends like we stop making memories we reminisce on the same ones that's those are the types of friendships that are at risk to me to just like discontinuing um just because it's like we're obviously at different points in our lives like we have distanced ourselves a little too much such that again we're constantly catching up and there's really like we're kind of on different areas and whatever but so i think the ones that like where we just like reminisce over the same things and have the same conversations is like one like that i'm trying to think of and i just blanked on the second area that i wanted to mention um man i can't remember where i was going with that but yeah, I think for me, it just all it always just comes down to oh oh that was the other thing I wanted to say was uh, yeah it's like when when do you know to cut it off or not I feel like even if the conversations do get kind of cyclical and again like I mentioned you're regurgitating the same relationships or the same memories and stuff it's like it always goes back to like the values you both share like if to me it's like if you a are regurgitating the same areas of conversation and b you can just feel that like whether it be career values, personal values, like are starting to differ, then that's like probably a recipe for whatever. Like if the relationships are kind of being like a little stagnant, but like you truly feel like you both are on the same, you know, career trajectory or life trajectory. You want to have kids around the same time. You want to like move back to the same place. Like if you feel that you have aligned values, it's like, that's where like you either have to make the leap to like try to spur something up, build a system, be a little more creative and be a little bit more intentional. But like the ones where it's just like, you can tell that like, Oh, like they're doing, like, they have totally different values of, like, where they want to go with their life, professionally, prefer- like, personally. Those are the ones that are indicators for risk, I guess. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know if that made sense. But I think that makes sense. I think I, I completely see where you're coming from. And I think I, I feel the same way, not that I was able to articulate it uh, in the same, or would have been able to articulate it. But, yeah, I think it's just, it's, uh, it's just such a, it's such a deep problem that I, I think that, you know, we haven't, you know, 10 years from now, we'll have better, we'll have to revisit this. Yeah. You know, on, on the 10-year anniversary of Unprompted. Yeah. Of what, like, where things are at. Um, because I think it's just so, I don't think either of us are underestimating the ability for friends to, to slip away. Mm-hmm. I think at this point in our lives, I think we both realize, like, there's a real risk. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be, just be interested to see, you know, how many were a- relationships we're able to maintain. Yep. Because I, I don't know how, I, I just, I feel like, you know, I don't have many systems now and I'd like to build them, but like we've mentioned before, systems are, can be tiring. Yeah. And that's my biggest worry. Like, are you worried that the systems you build, whether that, I don't know, playing online video games, having calls, like get repetitive? Because you mentioned with Matthew, your, mm-hmm. your friend, you know, he went to the rake school as well. And, and so do you ever find yourself, I mean, like I, with my friends with high school, I always find myself... Yeah, sure, we're talking about new stuff, but so often we talk about high school. Yeah. You know, we talk about, that's our shared memory. And so, do you, do you, are you scared that eventually you're, you know, in, in a few years you'll just be talking to uh, Matthew? Meech. Meech. Matthew yeah, Meacham. Yeah. We call him Meech. It's really hard to call him <laughs> Matthew. So, from now on, it's just Meech. That's yeah, Just, uh, <laughs> just uh, talking to Meech about Keck. Fair. Like, you know, Keck is a teacher at the Rake School that has been teaching here for 20 years and every <laughs> student knows him. So, you know, can, like, do you fear that or do you think that, that your relationship, at least at this moment, is kind of immune from that? Mm-hmm. That's where I think 
the point that Alan's blinked on earlier that I mentioned was like, that's where you have to choose to either be more intentional or let it slide. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I, I firmly believe that he and I are very aligned on, you know, personal values and professional values. And like, he makes me a better person. And mm -hmm. like, because I feel so strongly about that, mm -hmm. I will do what it takes to maintain the friendship. Uh -huh. And so if it does get cyclical, I mean, even this summer, like, so things are opening up, I'm vaccinated and everything. And like, it has been like somewhat cyclical. So what I'm going to do is I'm literally going to fly out to where he lives and we're going to hang out for a week. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that will spur new memories. That will spur new conversations. Yeah. That'll, you know, you sure will reminisce and we'll probably have conversations about the good old days and whatever. But mm -hmm. like, you know, if the relationships that are only about the good old days and like, you know, you're just talking about 2017 in 2019 and in 2020. Yeah. Right. But like, if you can, couple that with like like extra memories and new things and adventures and mm -hmm. you know different things that aren't just like facetiming and aren't just like grabbing dinner together um i feel like yeah like the dinner-based friendships are the ones that are most to me at risk for three to five years from now but like for the people that you feel so strongly about like you have such aligned values and like you have to make the leap to be like all right like i'm gonna physically like go fly yeah. to see you or like let's you know do things like play video games together things that aren't just again catch-up sessions because those are the ones that I feel like aren't. So I, you know, I, I think Mitch is an interesting example because I do see him as like my best friend. And so it's mm -hmm. like, you know, for him, it's like, I will do what it takes to like mix it up. Like yeah. I live in Seattle. He's going to live in DC. Like I fully intend to like see him two to three times a year. Like, yeah. and again, life's going to happen. That's yeah. probably going to change. But like, you know, that's, that's, I'm leading with that intention because if we don't continue to make those, you know, those memories beyond just like texting back and forth, then mm -hmm. yeah, that's when it becomes at risk. Yeah. I think that's interesting that the idea of making new memories is important. I hadn't. I actually hadn't thought of that. Well, the tough part, part is the memory thing. Is that entire thing I just said does revolve around being in person, like you mentioned. Yeah. So it's like a fully digital relationship. I don't know. Like for the people that like I'll like never see again, but I want to like keep in contact with them. Mm -hmm. Like being fully digital, FaceTiming only, like texting only. Like I, those are the ones that I'm not sure because the ones where it's like. I'm going to fly back to Nebraska to see, you know, you, yeah. Jared. Like, I, I'm sure, like, that'll probably help yeah. keep it together. But, like, mm -hmm. if I never saw you in person until our 10-year Rakes anniversary, like, <laughs> that might that might be a problem. You, you probably know? wouldn't even recognize me because I wouldn't have hair anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you probably like this huge, like, yeah, professor huge, beard. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's the question. Like, do you think that you could make memories, like, playing video games online? Like, personally, do you think you could do that? Like, playing Minecraft or whatever. Mm. Do you think you could make memories comparable to what you could do in real life like is the digital space there to allow for friendships over distance like real friendships that's a great question i really don't play a lot of video games so that might be my problem like i don't really have a lot of digital hobbies digital based mm -hmm. hobbies oh boy luke you're, you're gonna be in for a wild <laughs> ride <laughs> it's like yeah it's like minecraft don't play like among us don't play like yeah any of that stuff like I don't because like yeah I figure like if you have a five hour game I'm sure you're not just going to talk game strategy the whole time you're probably going to venture off into like oh yeah how's that like dinner date you had or like oh yeah. how's the mom like that way like those long elongated sessions like that helps but like I don't personally have anything in my life that I do to do that because it sounds like you're like Age of Empires game it's like could be hour long games and you play multiple sessions six yeah. to midnight I mean I'm sure you wouldn't just talk about game strategy so like yeah. it might not be necessarily a new memory but it's like it feeds the it, it again like it feeds the whole not just recursive same conversations because mm -hmm. it's a little bit more stimulus and more natural than just like catching up purely for the sole purpose of catching up yeah I think it's interesting I guess I, I kind of wish my girlfriend was here because she watches a lot of like twitch people who play minecraft together and they're mm. all they don't they're, most of them don't live together and they play together 
And they they seem at least, you know, they're all very young. You know, their friendships aren't that old. Mm-hmm. But they seem to be maintaining these di- digital friendships and building these memories on this on Minecraft, this platform where they do this one challenge or something where it's 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 something new, you know, and it's memorable maybe whatever they do, you know, because they're there's there's they have all aspects of a memory except for the physical mm-hmm. part, and so I just I'm interested to see you know with Age of Empires for example uh, or any other game that maybe I play with friends and you will have to get you into gaming, but yes. <laughs> um, whether those memories will be as impactful, you know, because I we went to you were with us on the trip to Seattle, mm-hmm. right? Where we uh, freshman year we went to visit a friend in Seattle, and that's still like a really good memory, like of, I, I at least for me of all of us getting together is just like a super fun time. But oh, the biking thing, the biking, oh, uh, I wasn't there, but oh, <laughs> but really? it's a good memory though. <laughs> Darn it! I, well, that's embarrassing. Anyway, no, that's fine. Jeez, sorry about that. No, it's fine. But I, for I, some I, reason, you were put in that memory. No, you're. <laughs> I, I, but you're totally right, though, right? Yeah. But then here's the thing. Out of those eight people, like, who do you still talk to? Uh, I still talk to almost all of them. Because it was uh, me, Nick, Rohan, uh, Sully, Connor. Uh, I might be forgetting someone. Yeah. But, like, I'm, like, most of them, mm-hmm. I do. But, like, it's also true that, like, I don't talk to them. I only talk to a few of them as much as I used to. So the interesting thing about that scenario is that there again they were friends from college you all lived together mm-hmm. whatever you collectively it was over the summer granted so like yep. you'd been away for six to eight weeks you went out to a place together made memories for a week dispersed came back to school had mm-hmm. the system again in yep. place so imagine that scenario six to eight friends reconvening in a city where you have gone eight months to two years not seeing each other yeah. then having a hurrah in a city and then going back and then to doing them. the same thing like yeah, yeah it's like kind of like you mentioned before, is that enough to maintain the like, oh yeah, like of course this person's my best friend. I'm gonna keep in contact, like yeah. because then yeah, are you gonna? I mean, yes, it's just a week, it's just a weekend, it's whatever. But like, is that enough to keep up the relationship? I, I I just I just don't know. I guess the question I have is, you know, I think we've established to ourselves at least whether whether any listener is convinced that you we probably need some physical interaction Mm -hmm. to to maintain a good friendship so then the question is how often yeah you know because when you're living halfway across the country you know sure we you know we have good jobs we can probably afford to fly to see each other often but you know what is what is the right amount of time you mentioned you were going to see me you know two to three times a year maybe you know that's probably a good number but like what is the right number because you know for example how often are you going to come back to nebraska to see see your girlfriend if she's here you know, is that a different number than what you would fly to see or to see Meech? Mm-hmm. And why is that different? I guess fair. Think about that because you're main, you're both you're maintaining relationships. Sure, one might be more intimate in some ways yeah. than, than the other. But. <laughs> I know I like Meech a lot. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> but you know, like for me, if I was in Seattle, my girlfriend is here in Nebraska. I would probably fly back at least once a month. Yeah, and that's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, why is that so much more than you know? I would say I'll probably fly out to Seattle. Like you said, a couple, three times a year maybe. Um, there's such a disparity there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure our girlfriends would say, of course. But, <laughs> but like, what do you think about Makes that? You think. What do you think is the right time for a, for a best friend compared to a girlfriend, I guess? That is, that is so interesting. Because, yeah, it's just like technically like they're your best friend still. Yeah. Which my girlfriend is. But yeah, that is, that's just so fascinating. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm stumped. This is why I like, I love this podcast. Cause it's like, it just makes me think out loud and it makes me like things that are jumbled in my head. I agree. I think that physical being in the physical presence of somebody is required to maintain a further relationship. Like mm-hmm. at some, in some capacity B I, I like we kind of sounds like we've come to agreement or at least I've been saying it multiple times of just like the like friendships that are based around catch up sessions yeah. are the ones that are at risk for not being maintained. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you keep constant, constant digital communication combined with, perhaps two-ish times a year in person? Like, is that the recipe yeah. for maintaining the friendships that you think you need? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, building off everything you said, I, I agree. Like, I think you need that constant communication like you mentioned you have, like with Meech. And then you combine with in-person. And then also, like, if you can make digital memories or uh, try to, mm-hmm. I think that's another thing. I think there needs to be, you know, whether that's, I mean, honestly, probably has to be, like, playing games. Yep. Or doing, I know one one friend of ours mentioned doing, like, a wine a wine club where we send every every month or something, someone sends everyone else a bottle of wine, and we test it together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's another way. These kind of games, these, these traditions you try to set up. And I think that those things all mixed together, to me right now, seem like the most useful thing. But, like, like we're, tw- are we 22? Yeah, well, I'm 21. Oh, well, you're 20. Okay, I'm 22. We're, like, we're in our early 20s. Like, in all reality, we don't know crap. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're kids. So it's interesting to see if what we, in all our profound knowledge, whether anything (laughs) is going to actually be accurate. Yeah. You know, five years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just really don't, I'm really not sure. I'm interested to see. I guess if you listeners don't see an episode in June. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. You found out that Luke and Maya's friendship really isn't that strong. <laughs> yeah, the, the system wasn't strong enough. No, I, I'm excited to listen to this pod in like five years and like have like a post-mortem on some like friendships that inevitably in college will diminish. Like mm-hmm. you can't keep in contact with everyone, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I it's, I feel much better. This definitely, like I said, was a therapy session because I feel much better knowing that I need to make sure with the people that I want to stay in contact with to find a way to have constant communication mm-hmm. and somehow plot, maybe at least let's start once a year, physical, like being in physical presence of each other. Like, you know, because again, it's going to be super easy to say goodbye to people at graduation, maybe text them throughout the summer, but then hit them with that November, oh my gosh, it's been so long. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a scary cycle to break out of if yeah. you get into the loop of like, oh, we'll keep in touch. And then like yeah. you don't. And then it's four months later. So Especially when starting intense jobs. Yes. You know, that's going to make it even harder where we might be working 10 hours a day or something. So, yeah. You know, you'd be too tired to catch up. But yeah, I don't, we'll have to see how it goes. I guess so. But now this was, this was an interesting, thanks for, uh, thanks for carrying on with us listeners. If you made it this far, <laughs> this is, this is a little different of an episode. Usually I do a little bit more prep. I look at some articles, I pull some quotes. I have some like kind of like planned thoughts and questions and stuff. But this one, I literally just found this quote in this newsletter, had it pulled up on my computer, read it out loud, and we just kind of went from there. So thanks for bearing with me, and thanks for bearing with me, Jared. Yeah, it was, I really enjoyed this conversation. So now we should probably do our regularly scheduled segments. Uh, alleged, allegedly regularly scheduled, yes. <laughs> so I think, I don't remember, do you ask me a question or do I ask I you? think it's usually, there's some rapid fire. I think I think the host, I think the idea was that the host does a rapid fire question to okay. you, so I would ask you a question. Okay, well um, this, whole, this whole session has been a rapid fire. 
series of rapid fire. That, that is true. And honestly, I don't really have a rapid fire session. So, well, you should probably think of one in the next. How, how, how about let's go to the regularly scheduled history fact, and then okay. I will. So I want to do a slightly different history fact session. Luke, I want you to give me a time period, okay. a country, a civilization, <laughs> any concept, and then I will attempt to think of a history fact. And if I can't, then I will tell you I can't, and then mm. we'll cut that in post. So okay. it looks like I'm very impressive. <laughs> well, I'll, uh, I'll probably hit you with a softball, but uh, Caesar. I'm, I, I'm really always, you know, a tu brute, like, always fascinated with... The life of Julius Caesar. Do you have any fun facts about his reign? So I I listened to a 24-hour biography of Caesar, and it was one wow. of the more, most boring books I've ever listened to. <laughs> um, but so let me think. I'm going to think for for a second. I'm, I don't want to give something that's super pedestrian. Um, so do you know who Vercingetorix is? No. Okay. Do you know who the what the Gauls are? No. <laughs> okay. If you so, remember from the last episode, I know nothing about geography <laughs> and or history, so this is a bad combo. But. Okay, so this is just an interesting fact. It's about Caesar's generalship. Okay. Um, so, and I might do an episode on this in the future, but so Caesar was fighting the Gauls. Uh, essentially, the Gauls were people, the people that lived in France. And as an over, oversimplification, they were fighting, it was kind of a rebellion, kind of a uh, just a war against Rome for their freedom led by this guy named Vercingetorix. I just basically said his name because I think he's cool. Anyway, Caesar cornered them into the city called Elysia. And I might be pronouncing that incorrectly. Or maybe I just have the wrong name. But it's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Elysia. And so the Romans like to build walls. So the Romans built a wall around the city, facing the city. And then the city had a wall facing the Romans. Then Caesar learned that there was a reinforcement army from the Gauls, uh, from another area of Gaul coming with about 100,000 troops. Mm. And he didn't quite have enough to just deal with that when the city was there too. So in about two weeks, he had his soldiers construct another wall facing outside uh, that encircled um, them, their wall facing the city and the city's wall facing them. So there was a giant triple donut, essentially, (laughs) that was able to end up keeping the Romans protected from this reinforcing force so that they didn't have to fight both at once. And, and, and they were able to eventually, um, essentially starve Elysia uh, wow. to defeat. But it's just an interesting, and two weeks they built, I think it was like 10 miles of walls. Wow. Um, with uh, no, no machinery or anything like no that. No technology. No technology. And so that was one of Caesar's finest, I guess, maybe not him, but him and his general's finest moments. And he's also a huge... Sleeper around. He slept with all the ah. the rich aristocrats' wives. Mm. So that wow. That is I actually have another fact. One more fact uh, from Caesar that I just thought of that I should have just started with is <laughs> uh, when he was young he got captured by pirates uh, in when he was going on a boat mm-hmm. and the pirates it was typical for them to demand a ransom of, for their captor or for, for who they captured mm-hmm. and. When they said, I, I don't remember the exact number, they said, oh, Caesar, we need like 10,000 gold coins or whatever. And Caesar got pissed at them, yelled at them, and required them to request more for him because he was worth more. <laughs> then eventually he got off, hired a fleet, and went and killed all the pirates. That wow. So that's interesting. Think about the vanity you have that. to have to <laughs> tell them they need to get more. Okay. That's a you know, long I'm, history. You know, fact. I'm going to be honest. I think that's a better regularly scheduled ending to the show. I think... 
me pitching you a, a time frame, like a uh, like yeah, a person, a whatever. Because that was really impressive and fun. So I think let, let that that should be the. That's no rapid fire question. I would say no, unless you unless you want me to ask. Sounds you like one. you just didn't think of one. Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> I tried to gas you up here, and then you just ruined it. But no, I. Uh, I'm down for that. I really enjoy the challenge. That was a fun one. Yeah. So well, hey, thanks, Jared. Thanks for talking. I kind of weird. This is uh, last week of school, but I think we'll have a few more like in person pod yeah. sessions before. I move out to Seattle. I don't move out till August. So yeah. I'll be in town. I'm sure we'll do a couple of in-person ones. So And we'll also have to figure out doing it digitally because yes, we found will. the importance of that. So Yes. <laughs> yes. Digital memories. Love that. Anyhow, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, if you have any feedback, eventually we're probably going to get a website yes. where you can get feedback so you don't have to tweet Luke Bogus. <laughs> uh, but I guess until then, Luke, what's your Twitter? Wow, until then, uh, you can follow Jared Art. Oh, wait, he doesn't have a Twitter. You can follow I, me by following Luke. Man. And he'll someday, forward everything to me. Someday I'm going to get you that Twitter, but my, mine is at Luke Bogus. Uh, that, that's just first name, last name, no dots, no nothing. So feel free to free to follow, feel free to DM. We'd love your feedback. Yeah, thank you guys so much, uh, and hopefully we will see you within the next few weeks. Hopefully. <laughs> okay, thanks everyone.